Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Friday the 13th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. I was wondering what you were going to do with that, the Friday the 13th. He didn't really put any <laughs> any inflection in there. That's because he's a professional, a 14-year NFL vet, a man whose jersey was available in seven different NFL markets, Washington, New Orleans, KC, Philly, Chicago, Detroit, and L.A. That's the Chargers side of town, the powder blue side of town. Let's be clear about that. He's as keen a mind and as clear a communicator as you get in pro football, which likely explains his burgeoning success as a YouTube channeler, born as a William, known as a Chase, a Chase Daniel, as a matter of fact. Welcome back to the pod, man. Thanks, man. That's quite the intro you have for me there, and uh, I appreciate it. It's my honor. Uh, Give us the 30-second elevator pitch. Listeners will love your YouTube channel, The Chase Daniel Show, at Chase Daniel Show, if they like what? Yeah, uh, film room breakdowns and that's what i'm doing i'm literally taking viewers and people in america inside what it's like in a sunday or a monday morning quarterback film room session if i'm the coach and i'm breaking down what just happened i'm doing that for quarterbacks we've done brock purdy justin fields justin herbert to name a few and it's catching on like wildfire and and i try to i try to do it in a way that um, the average viewer can understand because I can sit here and I can talk to Justin Herbert, right? If we're talking about football, viewers don't want to hear that level of sophistication. I do drop some. I try to, uh, quote unquote, dumb it down a little bit and just get on a level where everyone can understand. I, that was the best advice someone gave me when I got in this career. Hey, dumb stuff down to where your mother-in-law could understand it. And it's helped me tremendously to be able to take the amount of knowledge, the amount of skill, the amount of communication that it takes to play quarterback in this league and to go actually on there. It's live game footage while we're telestrating it. So I actually have pencil and a marker on there and I'm actually being able to point out reverse, rewind, fast forward, skip, and all that situation. And it's been it's been a really cool project. 
I have a suspicion that your mother-in-law is actually smarter than me, so I'm <laughs> going to need you on this podcast to dumb it down for me, Chase. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, game picks and score predictions for every remaining Week 6 game. We've got a visit coming from NFL legend Malcolm Jenkins, plus Daniel's don'ts for Week 6. Don't underestimate the trouble in Cleveland. Don't overlook the genius of Jared. Yes, Jared Goff. And don't miss the Monday night game between the Cowboys and the Chargers. But first, this. Sean Payton on his way out to shake hands with Andy Reid. Chiefs Win it tonight here at Arrowhead by a final score of 19-8. to So Broncos defense up to the task tonight, which is good to see because it's been such a bad start for them. And the offense just couldn't get it going. The Kansas City Chiefs win their 16th straight game against the Denver Broncos by scoring 19 points. It is the third longest streak in National Football League history by one team over an opponent since 1970. Not the prettiest of games. We saw last night Chase Daniel final score Chiefs 19, Broncos 8. You expected this one to be higher scoring. Yeah. I think you had the Chiefs in the mid-30s. Uh, you also expected it to be more convincing. Broncos less than 200 total yards. Chiefs just south of 400 total yards. Only 82 yards passing for the Broncos. That has to hurt today. You talk about your uh, Monday Monday morning quarterback sessions. I can't imagine <laughs> the quarterback and coach meeting going on between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson this week. Russell Wilson was 13 for 22, 95 yards, one touchdown, those two picks. On the other side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes was 30 for 40, 306 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Those numbers actually flattered to deceive because it didn't feel like that kind of a game. Isaiah Pacheco, the leading rusher for the winning team there, 16 carries, 62 yards. Travis Kelsey, pretty good day with Tay-Tay up in the box. Nine <laughs> receptions, 124 yards. But, Chase, those are the stats. What's the story? Well, the story for me is the, the Denver offense, right? Like, that to me is – it's a little bit concerning. It's getting to a point in the year they're one in five, I believe. And honestly, you know, if they win their first two games of the year against Commanders and Raiders, which they should have won, they should have won both of those games. You sit there at three and two, or you know, and you feel a little bit better about yourself. But one and five is quite the hole to dig out of. And you know, I have no idea what's going on right now. But it just looks to me they don't have the amount of playmakers they need on the outside for Russ. I think Russ is actually, other than, I know the, the stats say what they are, 80-something yards passing. Uh, you got to th be able to throw the football in the National Football League to win. But when you actually go back and, and look at Russ's first four games, he's played pretty well. Like, like way better than he has last year. And so it's a little bit concerning to me that they just got to get on the same page. But then you move and say, okay, well, maybe it's not that concerning of a performance if you're Denver's offense because of the way the Chiefs' defense has been playing. But make no mistake about it, they have been the bright spot this year. Not the offense, not Patrick Mahomes, the defense led by Steve Stagnola and what they're able to do. And we've talked about it a lot before, but they are pressuring at a rate of Spags' career as defensive coordinator or head coach more of any other rate than I've seen uh, since he since he started. And what does that do? Okay, well, it's double-edged pressure. What is that, Chase? Double-edged. Well, they're bringing one from each side, okay? And a lot of teams who bring one from each side, they end up bringing six or seven guys. But you see the Chiefs here, they're dropping defensive ends out. They're not playing man coverage, okay? Because in man coverage, if you beat one guy and you're pressuring like that and you have enough to block, it's a huge play down the field. 
What they're doing is they're playing, playing an umbrella coverage. We call it a palm. It looks like a palm tree. Okay, palms coverage. And they're just sort of reading the quarterback. And boy, they are playing at a rate right now. If they continue to play like this, like, like the Chiefs have to be over the moon excited about what they're getting from their defense. Palm. Is that kind of a modified nickel? From it's, the backside palm tree, is yes. that what that looks yeah, like? Yeah, just like like the palm leaves when they come down like that. If you look at the coverage structure from so both two corners, deep safeties, two, two corners, deep safeties, and then dropping what? And well, and then maybe like a like a D end or maybe something like that. Yeah. So so when into we talk coverage. palm, it's like into coverage. You just look at like you look at it and it's like man, it looks like leaves of a palm tree because that's the that's the coverage structure from the DBs. The notion being keep this team in front of us. Never let them get behind you. We're not going to give up the big play. We're going to be good at tackling an open field, and we're going to really bring the pressure on third down, and and we'll have them turn it over on downs. That's exactly right. And also, when you're doing that, you got to keep a running back in. So you're getting four out into the route rather than five. You're also giving the illusion that you're bringing six, but a lot of times it's not six because they're dropping people out. So it's working right now. Eventually, you're going to see somebody hit a couple big plays again. But it's it's taught so well, right? Because it's the corners reading through the number one, through the number two receiver to the quarterback. So it puts a lot on these young corners. Remember that the, the, all the rookie guys they played last year in the secondary, it's paying dividends for this year. Okay, so while most of the Chiefs' chatter this season, and certainly in the offseason, but certainly during the season, is about a team that's the defending champion with the defending, the reigning MVP, uh, you've got, for many people's money, the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. For many people's money, yes, even in a world of Kyle Shanahan's and Mike McDaniel, the best play caller in the NFL, and Andy Reid. Uh, you've got Travis Kelsey, probably the best tight end in the league, potentially one of the top two or three who, to ever play it. And yes, you've got all of those distracting for some, annoying to others. I think it's wonderful narratives about Taylor Swift and the connection there. And yet, for Chase Daniel, the name that we should be talking about more often is Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. It is that Chiefs unit that, in many ways, if you look, if you go back, listener, and look at the six score lines for the Chiefs so far this season, including that week one loss to the Lions, this is a team defined by, led by their defensive unit. Chase, let's whip to the other side of the field, and let's talk about the defensive coordinator mm. for the losing and embattled Denver Broncos, Vance Joseph. Louder calls for a change to be made now more than ever. Joseph getting the brunt of a lot of that attention in some circles, but isn't his case to stay better than ever after holding this Andy no. Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey offense to less than 20 points. Absolutely. And it, it, one touchdown, not only less than 20 points, only one touchdown yes. was scored yes. against them. And, and let's, let's be real. Like the chiefs are still a top five offense in the league. They're, they're, they're struggling a little bit to get going. They're better in my opinion, when the run game gets going, what Pacheco did last night, you feed Travis Kelsey, whatever. I still think the chiefs are lacking a number one receiver, a true number one receiver. That's for a different day. But you look back at Vance Joseph, look, it, it has not, happen the way he's wanted to happen it hasn't happened the way sean payton wanted to happen and quite honestly when i studied these this team and i've played in this division for a long time when you look back at the success of denver's defenses the past two or three years they've always been really really good because the coverage structure is good it's hard to get big plays against them their past defense has been good and they've been historically really good in the red zone 
Not this year. I don't think Sean Payton's going to make a change. That's not who he is. In fact, um, it, it would be it would be surprising to me because in all the years I played with him, he's never made a change like that. Now, is it something where he can just be like, hey, it's just your fault, Vance Joseph? No, that's not fair. Okay, but life isn't fair. So I don't know what's going to happen. But you can't. I can't imagine that he's going to go and just point fingers, hey, Vance Joseph, you're out. Because it's just it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it's only six games into the year. Um, could it happen? Sure. Let's assume you're right, and I hope for Vance Joseph's case, yeah. you are right, that changes aren't going to be made wholesale at the coaching level, that changes will be made more subtly, more nuanced within the roster, within the locker room, and potentially with the game plan. What's the one change you need to see from the Broncos in Week 7 to show that they are learning from their mistakes? Well, they just they just got to – I mean, they're in games. Like, <clears throat> when you go on a short week to Kansas City, defending world champions, and you play them the way you did, it was close. It was 16-8 at one point. It's a tough ask. It, it was, it was, it's a tough ask, but you still play close. So you can sort of build off that. I'm not, I'm not about moral victories. But you got to be able to take like any small inkling of positive uh, vibes or anything that you're getting within that. You got to be able to take it. So I think that's the plan. But it's also at the end of the day, like I know for a fact, Sean Payton's burning the midnight oil. Okay, he's trying to he's trying his ass off to get this thing fixed, and they just got to be able to put it out on the field. They, you know, maybe maybe it's something schematically they do different on defense. Maybe it's something where they play a little bit more man than they're used to to take away all these underneath routes that Kansas City was able to to pick them apart on with Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field. Like it's just so many different nuances in every matchup. Every single week is different. It was just such a tough ask. I thought short week going into KC translation hope remains for this Denver Broncos team. Yes. You are one in five could be zero and six. And yet chase Daniel, if you're not watching listener, you, you should hear in his voice, some real positivity. The, the light is on. There's a twinkle in his eye. Uh, it's not cynicism. It is hope. It is actual hope for a team that, yes, needs to change a lot of things, but has the ability to do so. Potentially has the right guy in charge on both sides of the ball. Both Sean Payton and Vance Joseph have the ability to make the right changes. So, you know, make the right changes. <laughs> This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. This is your week six viewer's guide in the NFL. We've got game picks and score predictions for every remaining week six game coming up in a moment. I'm your host, Andrew Levy. With me today, the 14-year NFL veteran, Chase Daniel. Let's get to Daniel's don'ts. As in, don't underestimate the trouble in Cleveland. Let's talk about the Browns ahead of hosting the 49ers. Talk about a difficult ask. Yeah, uh, Deshaun especially Watson. for a backup quarterback. Yes, Deshaun Watson. Well, that's the point, isn't it? <laughs> Was medically cleared before that Week 5 game. He didn't play then, and he won't play now. Chase Daniel, why would it be a problem for us to underestimate the trouble in Cleveland? What the hell's going on there, man? <clears throat> well, you know, after, after uh, Week 5, and, and you, you put a rookie quarterback out there, um, who didn't get who any reps. Who got annihilated. Who got absolutely annihilated, who had gotten no reps, and then you have the head coach come out after the game and say, well, I thought Deshaun Watson was going to play. How in the world is there a disconnect between your medical staff, your offensive best player and Deshaun Watson, and the entire team where you just didn't know, like you thought he was going to play, that's great. But even if there's an inkling, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, Andrew, but maybe if there's any inkling at all that Deshaun Watson may not play, get the rookie some reps. Put P.J. Walker in like they're doing this week. Like, just let him practice because he got no reps. And, 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 then, and then he doesn't, and then Deshaun ends up being ruled out this week. So in my opinion, and what I'm reading through the lines is his shoulder injury is a lot worse than people probably thought. That's what I'm seeing. And then, and then now you're saying, okay, well, now we want to play the vet, P.J. Walker, because he gives us a better shot. Okay, that's great, but if you draft DTR, right, and you're telling me that you draft him because you like him and eventually you think he could be a guy, when you put him out there like that with no reps, what does that do to his confidence? Well, I can tell you it completely dissolves of it. There's like, like, dude, like you don't want your first start to be remembered like that and to be put out in that situation, quite honestly, like it's not getting any easier because you got the 49ers coming to town with a backup quarterback again starting. You know what it also does? It allows a narrative to get out, to creep out. There are already questions amongst so many people, or at least reservations in the minds of so many people, about Deshaun Watson, about what defined his off-seasons for the last couple of years. And then we head into week five, 
expecting him to play, excited when we see that he's medically cleared, and then when he doesn't play, the suggestion is is that the young man pulled himself out, didn't want to face that defense that DTR took the brunt of. So he said, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out, guys. You go in there, Rook. You deal with this. And it sounds, again, if you don't get context like we are starting to get, yep. it sounds again this week that, hold on a second, man, you were cleared to play uh, eight, nine days ago. You didn't play last week. You're not playing again this week. Are you going to step up and be a leader at any point? So you're adding fuel to an already raging fire with a lot of people with regards to Deshaun Watson, and I think that's what you're talking about. This is a really bad look and a look that could have been avoided if – the medical staff was clear if we were clear about what that decision was, the state of that shoulder, and yes, if the head coach knew going into a game on the day of the game what his quarterback situation is. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chase Daniel, but rather important position in the NFL. I would say so, and it, it, like you said, I mean, you hit it right on. Is it, it just puts Deshaun Watson in a bad light, and who really knows? You know, the story eventually it's starting to like a little bit of context to come out, but not. What you want to do, if I was a head coach, not what you want to do to your starting quarterback. Let's talk about the other team. The other team being, of course, the team that the Browns are hosting this week. Oh, my God. Good luck to you, Cleveland <laughs> Browns, because the best team in the NFL for my money, the San Francisco 49ers, are coming into town. You saw what they did to the Cowboys on Sunday night. We've seen what they have done to teams all season long. They are balanced. They are bullies on both sides of the ball. I want to talk about Brock Purdy. I am being told by a lot of so-called experts, small e in giant quotes, in the sports radio and sports television world that Brock Purdy does not belong in the MVP conversation. Now, I tend to get behind something, and I tend to overstate and overfeel. Can you set me straight? Does Brock Purdy belong in the MVP conversation? He absolutely does. And you talked about my YouTube show. I broke him down against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys' defense is decent. Like, like above, above average yeah. defense. Really good. Top 10, probably. Number one in the NFL last year and the year before at forcing turnovers, the Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah, and, and so it's just it's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing for me because when you look at it, the narrative for Brock Purdy still to this day is, and it just drives me, drives me nuts, is, is it the system? Is it the quarterback? Why can't it be both? Why can't it be both? Why can't it mesh together and say, hey, I have a genius offensive coordinator that now can fully unlock his mad genius, and I have a guy who can run it better than any quarterback through nine or ten games in that system has ever done it. You look, they, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Kirk, all, Kirk, all these guys, they didn't, they didn't do it. They didn't do it the way he did. Now, I get it. I get the opposition's like standpoint is, hey, listen, you have Brandon Ayuk. You have Debo Samuel. You have CMC. You have Trent. I mean, it just the list goes on, right? But they built it. John Lynch deserves credit for building that offense and building that defense, and they are a powerhouse. I agree with you. They're the best team in the NFL, and it's not even close. Offensively, defensively, the way they're rolling right now, the only team that can beat the San Francisco 49ers is themselves. And Brock, yes, he does deserve to be in the MVP race because, look, he's a quarterback for the best team. It's the most valuable valuable player. It's not the best player. Correct. It's the most valuable. What brings value to your franchise? Okay? Him. If they play their backup, they aren't the same team. Is Joe Montana Joe Montana without Bill Walsh? No. He's not, right? Not even close. No, he's not. Is Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid? No. Nope. Not even close. I hope you're listening, uh, so-called experts who tell me and everybody else that Brock Purdy, you dismiss it out of hand with exhales of, of you know, 
of dismissiveness that no, he doesn't belong, exhales of judgment that Brock Purdy doesn't belong in the MVP conversation. Brock Purdy for me is the MVP and yes, I know we're heading into week six. I'm not saying we're giving out the award now, but if we were to do the first quarter poll and no, we don't have clean quarters anymore, Brock Purdy would get my vote. Would he get yours? Yeah, he'd get mine and, and honestly, this backfield mate would get be, the, my, be my second yeah, vote. Yeah, CMC would be too. You, I want to ask you, you name checked a couple guys earlier um, that I want to ask you about. A question was floated my way by uh, one of our best football minds around here, Kendall Hollowell, who asked me to ask you, is Brandon Ayuk more valuable than Debo Samuel? When he, when he wrote the question to me, I thought to myself, you know what? I actually haven't thought about that before, but on the surface of it, my instinct would be to say, that's a damn good question. The question goes to you. What's the answer? Well, I love, I lo- I love this because I was just on a tangent today on the Dan Patrick Show about Brandon Ayuk. You were. I swear to I you. I swear to you. I didn't hear you. I swear to you. And, and because of the fact that I am diving into film even more now, and I've watched Brock Purdy's last two games, I watched the games to see how Brock Purdy was playing. I ended up in both games writing about two or three sentences just in my own notes about Brandon Ayuk and what he means to that offense because that what offense does he mean doesn't to go offense? that often that he means everything because look Debo Samuel is an excellent playmaker he is able to get the ball in his hands and do stuff that a lot of guys can't do okay Brandon Ayuk is a true he is a true number 1 receiver in my opinion that gives Brock not only the size and the speed that he needs to stretch the field but his route running, I don't know what he did this offseason, right? He's always been strong. He's always been stretched the field, been shifty, but he's he looks even more shifty. And the way he runs his routes now, I mean, I, you know, go back and watch the Cowboys game because, in my opinion, I just kept getting drawn to him even once he, when he wasn't getting open. The burst and the speed that he showed. And, and I came away even – I mean, everyone knew about him, but I came away even more impressed, which – that is just such a tell of a bigger picture of a guy on a team who is continuing to get better. Okay, you have a playmaker on your team, Brandon Ayuk, number one receiver, who just continues to get better. It's only going to go like this for him, and it's only going to go like that for the 49ers, the trajectory that they're on. When you're better and your best players can continue to improve year to year, game to game, that's how you know you have a special team, and that is what I'm seeing with Brandon Ayuk. Steve Smith Sr., very high on Brandon Ayuk. Put him on our radar early after there were some questions after the draft of whether he was going to sort of live up to the billing, and Steve Smith Sr. was always the first person to say, you keep your eye on that kid because wherever he ends up and whoever decides to use him correctly is going to have an asset that they never even bargained for. Brandon Ayuk, stand up. You're getting some pub coming your way. Let's turn to another Daniels don'ts chase. Daniel, that is, don't underestimate the genius of Jared, Jared Goff. For you, one of the most underrated quarterbacks and potentially one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Do a little PR routine right now for Jared Goff. What you got? Yeah, he's just not getting enough love. I mean, bottom line, I mean, you, you look at his exit from LA and everyone, how, how Sean McVay pretty much shipped him out and was like, hey, we don't want him. Like, that's just, that's how it was. And it was done in a way, and I don't know that Sean McVay intended to do this, but it was done in a way that left you feeling like, 
he just wasn't that good. Exactly. That he kind of wasn't, he wasn't as good enough as the Sean McVay scheme. That he wasn't sort of smart enough or, or adaptable enough to, to deal with this dizzying wizardry of a Sean McVay offense. And truth be told, uh, Sean McVay and a lot of us may have been wrong about that. Well, Brad Holmes wasn't. Right. And that's who he said in that trade. We want Jared Goff. I don't care about like, OK, we're going to ship off Matthew Stafford, get rid of salary. But we want Jared Goff. Dan Campbell, we want Jared Goff. Ben Johnson, we want Jared Goff. It's got to say something when all three guys stand on the table for him. Sometimes the best move of an offseason, the best sort of free agent move, but we're about to talk about a coach, the best move was the move that wasn't made because there were teams around the NFL that wanted Ben Johnson to mm. to interview for head coaching availabilities. And Ben Johnson said, no, I'm staying right here. I like what I've got in Detroit. That was one hell of a move not to let Ben Johnson move. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it honestly made – the season for the Detroit Lions so far because I was with Ben Johnson when he was the tight ends coach in 2020 under in Matt Patricia's staff and you could just tell and, and people are like how do you tell I don't know the it factor around him you could tell he was going to be special and he was just a bright mind with an innovative spirit that could just end up coming up with these crazy plays that they always work in game you're like this guy's going to be special he's got it he's got the it factor okay and you know, with him and Jared Goff, everyone's talked about it from his first year, Jared Goff's first year with Ben Johnson to his second year and third year. It's just been like it's been it's been a whirlwind in a fact where, man, like those two working together have been outstanding. And it doesn't go talked about enough, but I love just Jared Goff's demeanor. People people like sort of like, you know, crapped on him a little bit about, hey, let's just surfer laid back guy. Like, right, but right, right. Dude. If you have a leader like that who is leading in a way that just calms everybody, yes. it is a huge deal because, listen, you're going to have adversity in this season. You're not going to have things not go right for you. And at the end of the day, if you can have a guy like that who's just calm, cool, and collected, right in the shit, man, just making throws, not turning the ball over, not a game manager, a game winner. I love that. And I think you said something earlier that I, I don't want to let go without mentioning it. When you said that Dan Campbell said, I want Jared Goff, and when Ben Johnson said, I want Jared Goff, you know as a quarterback in this league, sometimes it really does take a team or even maybe an individual or two to believe in you, to make that emotional investment, to make that investment of faith for somebody, for you to hear that somebody does in fact want you, not just any guy, you, that guy, that means a lot to players, to that kind of confidence. It needs to start from within, and sometimes it helps to have a coach saying, hey, you are my guy, I believe in you, even if somebody else didn't. I mean, absolutely. That, that totally made it. And, and, and for me, it's two things you got to have to play quarterback in the National Football League. Forget about the physical ability, okay? you got to have conviction. He's always, in my opinion, Jerry Goff has always been convicted about throws. He's always been able to throw on time in rhythm and not hold the ball. That's just what he doesn't do. He doesn't take sacks. You got to have confidence. I don't know his last few years in LA, the way they were, if he had the type of confidence he has now, because when you have people breathe life into you as an organization, as uh, other players have, as Mark Brunel, who's the quarterback coach, who's been there, who's done it. Like when you get that as a player, you just sort of want to take your game to the next level because quarterbacking is 80% confidence, man. Like if you don't have the confidence to go out in a, in a pocket that's getting 
uh, push back on you and throw a 20-yard comeback on time, knowing you're going to get smoked and the receiver might drop it every single snap, you got to have confidence to do that. I am quite confident that the last subject we're going to address today involves a game that may just be the game of the week. It certainly may be one of the most important games of the season for the Dallas Cowboys. It's Monday night. It's Cowboys and Chargers, your last team in the NFL, the Chargers. The question I have about that game, the Daniels don'ts is this, do not, don't miss this game. If you have any opportunity to watch or record and watch later, it's a must-see TV kind of situation, boys and bolts on Monday night. My question about the Cowboys, is it just possible that this gets worse before it gets better, or do you believe that we will see a renewed sense of purpose from the Cowboys on Monday night across the street at SoFi. I think you'll see a renewed sense of purpose from the Cowboys. You do. I do. And, based and, on what uh, well, evidence? Based on when you get your ass kicked in NFL games, the next week you're going to show up and it's a pride thing. Fair enough. And and I'm not saying that the Chargers aren't going to give them a run for their money, but I do think at the end of the day the Cowboys are a good, good offense. And I do think at the end of the day what happened – in San Francisco was an anomaly. I mean, your starting quarterback plays 39 plays. He got 39 plays in that game before he was taken out because the score was out of whack. It's not enough, I don't think that's going to happen Is it with possible, the too, that the San Francisco 49ers are going to do what they did to Dallas on Sunday night in Santa Clara to a lot of teams this year? Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I think, in my opinion, like everyone asks, is Dak the problem? At least to me. And I say, Dak isn't the problem. I say, it's, it's, it's an entire offensive organization problem. You got to get the guys on the right page at the right time. You have to take a little bit of pride. I'm not saying they're not. I'm not saying they're not. Because everyone's prideful, right? They want to get better. Mike McCarthy, I saw a couple tweets, burning the midnight oil, trying to get this fixed. Brian Schottenheimer, all these guys. But we've talked about it. It comes back to, well, okay, it's not really working through five games. Why did you let go of Kellen Moore? Okay, well, he's about to face Kellen Moore across the pitch on Sunday. And I think the knock on Dallas Cowboys in 2023 has been, this looks a little cookie cutter, guys. This looks a little predictable. It looks a little pedestrian, a little infantile if you really go to it. Um, and you've got 13 guys on the injury list. I'm finding it hard to believe that the mere spiritual motivation of having been embarrassed and gotten your ass kicked on one Sunday night means that you're going to suddenly flip the script on the following Monday night. You have an extra day to prepare. That has to come in handy. But you're facing a team that, yes, okay, the middle finger notwithstanding with regards to Justin Herbert, at least it's on his non-throwing hand, we're going to see him less under center, mm -hmm. I should think, because of that yep. middle finger. Yep. But we're seeing a... We're seeing a Keenan Allen that's unstoppable. Mm. We're seeing the return of Austin Eckler on yeah. Monday. That could be significant. Uh, questions about Joey Bosa's availability. Apparently he will play. We saw what Khalil Mack did last week to the Raiders. I don't see how the Cowboys get a win. Tell me what you expect to see from the Chargers, though. What is your worry about? Oh, I, I feel it coming. I feel it coming. I put it out there. I know what's coming. You have less faith in the Chargers defense than you do in the Cowboys offense. Yeah, I mean, let's just... Is that what it comes down let's to? Just, let's just call it what it is, man. And, and, and the Chargers defense hasn't played up to standard this year. That's, uh, it's just, it, it to is, their standard or to the NFL standard? To NFL standard. Yep. To, to NFL, and their standard, because Brandon Staley, look, he's... He wants nothing more than, than to write this this defense, right? And that's been the big thing about Brandon Saley is can you get the defense rolling because that's what you were brought in to do, okay? You brought in Kellen Moore. The offense is rolling. They're not doing good. They're rolling right now, okay? And last game, 
yeah, it was great. Like you claw your way back to two and two before a bye, get some guys healthy, get things going. The Mike Williams thing looms large, large to me though, because Keenan Allen having an all world season on track for 140, 145 catches this year. But when you take Mike Williams away from that duo, okay, then you can end up double covering or rolling up to Keenan Allen. He's still going to get his catches. But when you take Trayvon Diggs away from that duo with Stephon Gilmore, yeah. do, haven't you done the same thing in essence to the backside of that Cowboys defense? Yeah, I Isn't mean, that look, kind of a like it, for like wash. It, it, it is, but I think I think Mike Williams out is going to end up being a big kicker because you can take Keenan Allen away. The only thing is the kick the other side. That's why it was so hard for me to pick. This game was like the Chargers get Austin Eckler back, yeah. who is an all-world beater and is yeah. right. I mean, 40 touchdowns the last two years coming into this year. I mean, it's, 52 the it's last four years, more crazy. than anybody else. It's wild to me. So there's a lot of different aspects of this game, and the team speed of Dallas is going to be a problem, I think, for a little bit. And and honestly, like I would say it's sort of a must-win for both teams if you look at it like that. Like if if this is a, if the Chargers can somehow. I mean, I say somehow. They're, they're, if the Chargers can come away with a win this game, you got to come away feeling really good about these last three wins in a row and where your season's headed. Okay, I don't really know what's coming, guys, but uh, obviously Chase Daniel, you heard him say this is a must-win game for both teams. The question is, who does he say will win this game? We have his game picks <laughs> and score predictions for every remaining Week 6 game coming up in a moment. Stay tuned for that. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. We interrupt this podcast to bring you a visit from 13-year free safety veteran Malcolm Jenkins. 21 picks to his name. One out of every three of those picks, he turned into a touchdown. Seven pick sixes. That places him tied for 12th all-time on the NFL list. 11 fumble recoveries, two Super Bowl rings. Let's not overlook that little stat. One with the Saints, one with the Eagles. And this man had an impact off the field that is rivaled by very few in this game. A man of principle and a man of action. That is a rare combo. This is a rare person. And we're about to hear from Malcolm Jenkins. Before we get to that interview that you and Mike did with him just a moment ago, your thoughts on a man who is more than just an NFL legend he was an NFL teammate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we, we came in together the same year in 2009, right? So we won a Super Bowl our rookie year together. And, and you know, the old, the old coach Joe Vitt used to say when he talked to us in New Orleans with Sean Payton, he always used to tell us, hey, man, once you win this ring and he'd be pointing at his ring finger, you guys are going to walk together forever. So I remember seeing Malcolm, um, you know, a few years ago at the 10-year reunion, I think 2019, 10-year reunion of the Super Bowl class. And it's like we hadn't talked in a while, and it's just like we didn't miss a beat. We didn't miss a beat. So teammates forever, man. And it's just it was so cool having him on the show and just what he was able to do and his book and everything like that. Chase Daniel was joined by Mike Yam on the TA set earlier today. Here is Malcolm in the middle. That Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins. You got to miss it just a little bit, right? Two-time <laughs> Super Bowl champ and the author of a new book, What Winners Won't Tell You, Lessons from a Legendary Defender. Malcolm Jenkins is with us. By the way, the forward, Tom Brady. That's not bad. Yeah. You, you kinda, <laughs> That's not bad forward. You, you dipped into the Rolodex a little bit, which yeah. is definitely a win. But take me through this here because it's got to be exciting for you. It's a project that I'm sure was a passion project yeah. for a long period of time. What's this thing about? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've retired about a year and a half ago, and, you know, I'm looking back in my career and I know there are a lot of players that follow me, a lot of fans, a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm a role model in certain ways. So I figured it would be better for me to contextualize my career and tell people kind of the, the dark side of, of, you know, the game, the things you don't see. You, we see what happens in the, the Super Bowls and the Pro Bowls, all those things. But there's so much that goes into winning. Uh, losing is a lot of it, right? A lot of uh, the lessons about perseverance and uh, some of the trials and tribulations that I faced and had to overcome to become the winner that everybody's seen me do. And I think that's an important part of telling, you know, the story is that 360 degree uh, angle and showing, you know, a little bit of the vulnerable side. So it's a it's a book that was a, a passion project for me, definitely a labor of love. And I hope people connect with it. I hope people get inspired by it. That's really cool, man. And like, you know, you're seeing some highlights right here. Like we were teammates yeah. back in 09 yeah. and we were teammates for five years. And I just always remember my favorite part, obviously, like we came in together as rookies and we won a Super Bowl together, yeah. bro. Like, tell me a little bit about that, because I know for me, at least when I won it, I'm like, man, this is going to be so easy. You <laughs> ended up getting another one. Yeah. But tell me about that year, because that was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, and we were young that year. And I talk about it a lot in the book taking those things for granted. You know, I talk about a week 10, we're 10 and 0, and Jonathan Vilma calls a players only meet and he's throwing chairs and he calls me out like, you can't play like a rookie. 
Um, and it really taught me what it looks like to sustain success over a long period of time. It's not about 10 wins, 13 wins. It's about winning championships uh, and staying focused throughout that journey, which equipped me later in, in my career when I got to Philadelphia. Now I was the Jonathan Vilma of the locker room, being able to, to lead and keep guys focused as we went on, you know, our run. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd ask who you called out then, like Jonathan. <laughs> I didn't have to flip any we, tables yet. We, we don't have to put you on, on blast here. But you did you go through your career, and obviously you had a ton of success. You mentioned the Super Bowls, like Chase said. I couldn't help but notice that Sean Payton's roaming on those sidelines yeah. in some of those flashbacks here. And I just saw him roaming the sidelines. And there's there's these moments in Denver that haven't necessarily played out, I think, the way that the fans had wanted, yeah. and probably him too. What, what do you think's going through his mind right now? Well, I think, you know, with where they are in the season at this point in time, you've got to adjust something, right? And I think Sean is one of those guys who is about culture. He's about, you know, getting everybody to understand their role and, and what that is on a team. And so I think he's defining that. I think the quarterback has got to do a better job of protecting the football. Defensively, they're going to have to show up each sure. week. Um, and Sean's got to be better in situations. I think, you know, they're looking at everybody to blame. Nobody's really clean in this situation. But I think Sean's going to have to learn how to win with this particular team, which is a big difference than the teams he had in New Orleans. Yeah, and then that's what I want to ask you because you're the defensive guy and you know more about it than I do, that's for sure. And their defense, to me, like going into the year, like everyone, including myself, thought they were going to be all world beaters because that's what they were earlier in, the, in their career the past yeah. two years. What have you seen defensively from them that can honestly just help them take the next step? Because right now it's not working. I know they had a good game and only held Patrick Mahomes to one yeah. touchdown. But at the end of the day, Russ has played pretty good. It's been their defense. Yeah, you want to see consistency. I, I think you know, that's 70. When somebody puts 70 on you, <laughs> it, it, you throw everything out of the window. But I think this past week they showed up. You know, we want to see that consistently. Yeah. And I think if they start to play consistently on defense, they give their offense an opportunity. They can build on some things, hang in the games, and, and obviously win late. You cool having some fun with us? Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Friday the 13th, we got Halloween. That's right around the corner yeah. here. Scariest defensive player in the NFL right now. Who do you got? Uh, Michael Parsons. I think he's still he's still That's that a good guy. One. Yeah. That's a good one. I got Nick Bosa, man. Nick Bosa yeah. to me, like like he's a game breaker. Like maybe it's just because I watched Dallas and we just talked Dallas, but like Nick Bosa to me, yeah. he is on another level right now. The way he's playing, it really is. Scariest wide receiver? Uh, Jefferson. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Ooh, I like yeah. it. He hit me with a route later in my career that I was like, yeah, it's time for me to retire. <laughs> he's, he's special. He's special. I'm going got? with speed, baby. Tyree Kill. Speed kills, man. Speed kills. I'm going Tyree Kill for sure. All right. So I, I think about I, do you carve pumpkins with your kids? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. A little, little too messy for me. But uh, which <laughs> offense has been carving it up right now to start the season? Uh, not as much. They've been humbled a little bit, but Miami is probably the one that, that pops out to me. They got guys all over the field. You know, they're running it up, scoring points, too. It looks great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Miami. It's Miami. You took my answer. It's Miami. And, <laughs> yeah. and not only what they're able to do offensively, but the speed on that team. Yeah. Okay, they've had 22 players over the course of this season, over 15 miles an hour. 22, the next closest is like 12. Yeah. It's speed for me. Yeah, we, we did our, our AFC rankings the other day, and I said, hey, it's too early probably to rank these teams in the top five, so I did my scary meter. Gotcha. Miami's got to be on that list because of the speed that you guys are referencing. I still think it's kind of early in the season, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. Who are you burying after five weeks of the NFL campaign? Denver Broncos. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I think it's I think it's it's so much going on and so many distractions that, you know, when you look at the long run of the season, I don't see how they climb back from where they are. Um, and and the sooner or later they're gonna start to turn their sights to next season. No. no. The Giants. Oh, don't do that. I'm sorry, Yammer. I didn't just do it 
because you love the Giants, but man, like Daniel Jones is out. Wow. You're starting the backup on the road. It just doesn't seem to be getting easy any easier down the road for me. So Giants, sorry. We haven't, we haven't sorry. seen Saquon out there really just <laughs> no. yet this season. There's still some time here for the for the uh, for the G-men. Hey, before we let you get going, and once again, congratulations on this book. It's an Thank amazing you. accomplishment. I just got to know you're matching up against him in practice. How many times you pick him off? Oh, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Probably plenty. A lot, <laughs> a lot. Because I was running scout team, and we always had a deal. We always had a deal in Philly. Hey, like, hey, if I get a pick, oh, all yeah. right, push up some money. If yeah. you get, it, if I get a touchdown, push up some money. So we had yeah. a deal on, but he got me. More than yeah. my fair share. For I used sure. to let the scout team go a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love it. Once again, what winners won't tell you, lessons from a legendary defender. Hey, once again, congrats. I appreciate appreciate you stopping by our set with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to our viewer's guide to week six in the NFL. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and we have reached the picks portion of the pod, game picks and score predictions for every remaining week six game. Now, where do we stand in terms of the uh, record? Chase Daniel leads the game picks game so far this year. 50 and 28 is his record. Mike Yam snapping at his heels not too far behind. 47 and 31. Lots to play for. Many weeks to go. Let's get this week started. Week 6 started with Ravens Titans. Baltimore Ravens are a four-point favorite. The total in this game is 41. Now, don't forget, the first game of this week is an early game from London, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in North London, to be exact. Don't forget, that's an early kickoff, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on NFL Network. Henry's going to be up early, so me and the kid are going to watch at 6.30 a.m. out here on the Pacific Coast. Mike Yam and Chase Daniel agree the Ravens will win this one. Yammers score, Baltimore 24, Tennessee 21. Chase Daniel score, Baltimore 24, Tennessee 20. Commanders Falcons. This game is in Hotlanta. Atlanta is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total number in this game is 42-and-a-half. Sound the upset alert. Mike Yam sees my commanders beating the Falcons 27-23. to Chase Daniel ain't buying it. He's got a home team victory in this one. Falcons take it 24-17. Vikings Bears. Minnesota Vikings, a road favorite, two and a half points the spread. The total is 44 and a half. Well, both of our experts see an upset coming. Sound the alarm. And check out these scores. Mike Yam, Bears, 27-24. Chase Daniel, Bears, 30-17. Seahawks, Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals coming off of that much-needed win in Week 5. Two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The total is 45. Now, do not forget, the Seattle Seahawks are coming off of a bye. Pete Carroll, notoriously good after a bye. Mike Yam says, don't buy it. The Bengals win it 31-27. But Chase Daniel, sound the upset alert. Chase Daniel says the Seahawks go into Cincy and put them back in the L column. Seahawks win it 27-20. 49ers, Browns. San Francisco, the road favorite by seven. The total in this game, the lowest total of the week, 37. Now, Deshaun Watson is out for a second straight week, as we talked about earlier with Chase Daniel. Mike Yam says the 49ers win by 14. 27-13 is his score. 
Chase Daniel agrees. The spread will be two touchdowns, 14 points. He sees the 49ers take this one 24-10. Saints-Texans. This is the tightest line of the week. New Orleans, a road favorite at only one and a half. The total in this one, 42 and a half. Now, obviously, we've got AFC South hosting NFC South, and the NFC road team is not only the favorite, they are also the winner, according to Mike and Chase. Mike Yam's final score, Saints 24, Texans 14. Chase Daniels' final score, Saints 20, Texans 17. Colts, Jags. Jacksonville Jaguars back home from the UK, of course. A four-point favorite, 45 and a half the total. Now Anthony Richardson is out again. Jonathan Taylor expected to get more touches, which really leads us to the question, do you start Zach Moss anyway in fantasy after that extraordinary performance in week five? Well, when you listen to these scores, the answer may be, maybe not. Mike Yam and Chase Daniel both agree the Jags, the favorite, the home team will win it. Now, Mike has a very tight score in this one. Jags 23, Colts 21. Chase, a wider margin. Jags 28, Colts 17. Panthers, Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, a 13 and a half point favorite. 48 and a half is the total. 13 and a half makes for the second largest spread of the week. Finns hosting the Cats and Miami's aggressive and inventive defensive coordinator Vic Fangio will feast on rookie quarterback according to our guys. Mikey Am sees it this way. Dolphins win 33-15. That is an 18-point spread. Chase Daniel agrees. Dolphins win it 34-16. Also an 18-point spread. Let's turn to the afternoon slate. Those games begin with Patriots Raiders. Las Vegas, the home team, favored by three. The total is 41 and a half. Some definite fascination with this game. The normal question, who's better, replaced by who's worse when handicapping this one. Both Mike and Chase say the answer to that question Cover your ears, Foxborough, is the Patriots. Both experts see a home win for the silver and black. Mikey M score, Raiders, 21-17. Chase Daniels says, the Raiders, when it's 17-14. Lions, Bucks. Detroit Lions, the road favorite. Four points the spread. The total is 43 and a half. You heard Chase Daniel speak glowingly about Jared Goff uh, just a moment ago, so no surprise that the Lions are getting the love here. Mike Evans will suit up for the Bucks, though. There was some question about that, and that is enough for Mike Yam to call for, you guessed it, an upset alert. Yammer sees the Bucks winning this one 27-24. Chase disagrees, of course. The Lions take it by 10 in the end. He sees the final score. Lions 27, Bucks 17. Cardinals Rams. Los Angeles, the home favorite by a touchdown. Seven points is the number. 48 and a half is the total. Mike Yam says the Rams will win it 30 to 20. Chase Daniel agrees. Rams win it. 31-24. Eagles Jets. Philadelphia, the seven-point road favorite. 41 is the total. Keep in mind, an historical note here, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in NFL history. 
12 times they've had a chance, 12 times they've taken the L. Mike Yam and Chase Daniel agree they will take another L this time. Mike Yam sees the Eagles beating the Jets 28-20. to Chase Daniel says Eagles win it 27-17. Let's get to the Sunday night football game. That, of course, being played between New York combatants, Giants, Bills. Bills a 14-point favorite. Two touchdowns, that's the largest spread of the week. The total for this one is 44-and-a-half. Mike Yam and Chase Daniel says... It will go according to script. Bills beat the Giants, so says Yammer, 34-20. to 20. That's 14 points on the nose. That's a push. Chase Daniels says it'll be a little bigger than that. Bills win it, doubling up the Giants, 34-17. And now to the final act of Week 6 drama, the Monday night game, Cowboys-Chargers. Dallas, the road favorite by two and a half. The largest total of the week is attached to this game, 51 the total. Mike Yam is tripping the upset alert. Yammer sees the Chargers winning it at home, 31-29. A close one, a two-point win. Keep in mind, his total there adds up to 60. Chase Daniel, for all his criticism of the Cowboys' offense, has even less faith in the Chargers' D. Chase's final score, Cowboys 38, Chargers 28. That's 66 points if you're scoring at home. I want to thank today's special guest, Chase Daniel. Check out his YouTube channel. It really is worth your time. It's the Chase Daniel Show at Chase Daniel Show. And I want to invite the listener to join us next time for a complete recap of all the action in week six. Who starred, who stumbled, who went off, and who went down. Plus, a first look ahead to the best games of week seven. I had a sneak peek, y'all. Chargers, Chiefs, that jumps off the page. Lions, Ravens, Dolphins, Eagles. There are some good ones on offer we will begin to break them down that's early next week till then be good to you and your crew be safe and win damn it win you know unless you're playing me till next time ciao for now nfl total access is a production of the nfl in partnership with iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts this is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. 
Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 